Welcome to Dietitian Boss. I'm Libby Rothschild, your host and fellow registered dietitian nutritionist. I serve as a business coach to my colleagues, registered dietitian nutritionists all around the world. I help you get leads and turn prospective clients into paying customers using online marketing and social media strategies that work. Thank you so much for joining today's episode. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Brittany Barker. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist and a married mom with two little girls, Kyra and Luna. Brittany works full-time at a behavioral health hospital that specializes in eating disorders. She is returned Peace Corps volunteer from Nepal and currently growing her body positive mom practice, private practice, that helps moms feel confident in their bodies and find food freedom by using cognitive behavioral therapy. Incredible. I'm so excited to have you here today, Brittany. Thanks for joining. Yeah, I'm so excited to be on here. I love your podcast. I can't believe I'm on it, but it's very exciting. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I love your brand and your message and everything that you've done. And I love that you are a mom with a clear message and you're consistent on social and um, all really great stuff. So I'm excited for you to to share your journey with uh, the listeners out there and get them inspired as well. So can you talk a little bit about what it's like? I know I introduced and said that you work at a full-time at a behavioral health hospital specializing in eating disorders. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to work full-time grow your private practice and manage your two little girls and be married that's quite a bit yeah I don't think there's any sugar coat in it here uh, it's tough it's tough and there's a balance there's sometimes where I want to give more to my private practice and I can't or there's sometimes where I'm feeling really tired and stressed at my full-time job um, so really I think for me it just comes down to prioritizing and just knowing that sometimes things aren't going to happen as fast as I want them to um, and then just knowing I'm, I'm not going to be perfect at all of these things too. So I think that that actually helps me a lot is just knowing that it's tough, accepting that it's tough and prioritizing. I love that. And to be more, for those of you who don't follow Brittany or don't know her as well as I do, obviously follow her and check out her brand and, and part of her community, which is great. What I love about you and with you answering that is that so much of your personality is infused in that answer, your ability to just be real and be authentic. And I think that's what makes you so relatable as a mom, helping moms, you know, especially with body positivity, body confidence, and by using, which we'll talk about cognitive behavioral therapy in a minute. Um, But I love just your authenticity with what you do and, and your personality, which is just so closely linked to your niche, which we'll get into as well. Yeah, I mean, that's just really my style. I find that, like, I just have, like, the best success if I just kind of say it like it is. If I, you know, again, like, don't sugarcoat it. And at the same time, I feel like as a mom, I can be really empathetic to, like, how hard it is if I'm just being real about it. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's a great trait in your personality, and it is very authentic to be so real. Even from the beginning, the first answer was, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And I was like, that's Brittany Barker. Brittany Barker's in the house. She's on the podcast. That's you. And I love that. I love a real mom giving real advice and just real reflections and experiences about your life and helping your community. So can you tell us a little bit about your why, meaning your story and your and the process that you came to with creating the clear message that you own today in your online business and in your practice and using social media marketing? Yeah, um, so I think my why really just came out of personal experiences. 
I think our personal experiences are really what shape us and what sort of lead us in that direction, good and bad. So really for me, I think it all started, this whole thing started when I decided to pick a major at like 19 years old. You know, like I had a really bad body image and at that time I was working out a lot, I was really watching what I was eating. So I just also had to pick a major at that time. So I picked diet, like a dietetics major, because why wouldn't I? And then, um, you know, I went through the courses, graduated, all that stuff. And um, I really started thinking about food and weight and everything differently. So my first job out of college, I actually worked with women, infants, and children. And it was tough. I think it was just like a lot of like saying, hey, your BMI is too high. We got to work on this. And the, how, you know, calories and just food shaming and it. I just, it just didn't feel authentic, it didn't feel mean. Another thing that like just didn't feel authentic was uh, working a nine to five. <laughs> That's kind of just always been tough for me. I think I'm just like the type of person that like needs a challenge, needs to be doing stuff that's different. Um, and so after sort of that experience, I was like, what else is out there? I gotta experience more things. So I did something kind of crazy um, and I joined the Peace Corps. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I double majored in dietetics and in Spanish. So I was like, yeah, they're totally gonna send me to a Spanish speaking country. Just, you know, practicing my Spanish leading up to the months of going. And then they called me and they were like, hey, just so you know, you're gonna go to Asia. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like cried and cried. I was just so upset. It turned out to be like the best thing that's ever happened to me though. Like most things, um, you feel like it's the worst and it ends up, you know, really shaping your life. Um, so then I looked and I, I saw the country in Nepal um, in my email and I thought, where even is that? <laughs> so I actually had to look it up on a map. So I was in this um, food security program while I was there. But the country of Nepal is like, I think it's the 11th poorest country in the world. Um, last somebody told me that statistic once um and it was tough there was like high highs and low lows but I really think a lot of those experiences just really shaped me who I am today I would not be the person I am today um so I've always kind of struggled a little bit with like anxiety depression stuff before Peace Corps but it was something about being there and I think it was something about watching how women were treated just seeing people in really dire situations, seeing people who were really, really low weight, it really affected me. And I know my anxiety was just, it was horrible. It was horrible. It was really kind of hard to function. But I, you know, I kind of kept going on doing my best there. And then um, I actually, I ended up meeting um, somebody while I was there, while I was um, in Kathmandu, <laughs> which is the capital of Nepal. And, um, we dated and I actually, I ended up getting pregnant. I'm gonna throw it out there, keeping it real. I ended up getting pregnant and I had to go home. And so I, I got a daughter out of this whole situation. And um, you know, because the cultures were just so different than, than they are here. I mean, I can't even explain how different it is. You know, him and I, we really didn't work out. Um, but it was another one of those things where it's like, this is the worst thing in the world, but now I'm married to my wonderful husband Adam who's, who's just amazing and we have another daughter together um, his name is Luna and she just turned two 
so I think it was a lot of those experiences that kind of led me to where I am. Super long story. That's a beautiful, um, beautiful story. I love your story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and you know, I think it was really after that Nepal situation and, and just watching how much work women did and just how they shaped the entire community. Like, women ran that. And when I got back, I remember thinking, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something here to help women, too. And then I became a mom at the same time. And then I was like, oh, this is super hard. Like, nobody tells you how hard it's going to be. My da- I was a single mom. My daughter was super colicky, and I refused to believe it. I was like, no, she just cries a lot. <laughs> and I was, like, never sleeping, and I was breastfeeding, and I was tired, and I was working. And I think that that, honestly, even that experience really made me feel more passionate about working with women, especially with moms. That's wonderful. I absolutely love your story, and thank you for sharing. Just to be clear, for those of you with Brittany's story, she is in America. So when you talk about the cultures, since I do have a global audience, Brittany is based here in America, so she went out to Asia and came back to America. Uh, Just for reference for those of you who might not have been sure. Um, Thank you for sharing that, and the fact that you have been able to reflect your story with what you do today makes your message and your brand and your your purpose so much more clear and strong and compelling and i think that's a very inspiring story well thank you yeah thank you for sharing it so if you could talk to us a little bit um well i guess for a moment to just stick with the story uh before we move on because i want to ask you about cognitive behavioral therapy but i could spend all day talking to you about your why and i I guess i just have one follow-up question from your why and that's how has aligning your why helped you clarify your message and or create content in a meaningful way that helps you express your brand and purpose and also helps women solve their problems of confidence and body image, which is what your brand, you know, serves, serves to align? Yeah, you know, what, what I think I do is I honestly, I think about me sometimes too, and like, especially like when I was really struggling or just thinking about you know, how hard motherhood can be and how rewarding it can be too. And so sometimes I use like those experiences to create my content, but I also just really go back to kind of like what you taught me about pain points and like, who am I targeting? Like I'm targeting women who don't feel confident about their bodies, who have dieted and tried to lose weight in all these different ways and are short on time. So those are the things I really try to like keep in my content too. And I do notice that if I get off of that for some reason, or if I post something that I'm kind of taking a risk on, usually it doesn't do that well. So if I stay on track with like exactly what I'm trying to do, those posts seem to do really well. And I love, I truly do. I love the engagement. I get on the posts. I love answering questions. I love just like the community it can be. And it's nice that you love the community that you've built. And I am part of the community in in a sense that I like engaging and participating in the dialogues that happen on Instagram. And if you could just let us know what your Instagram handle is, just to make sure everyone can check you out and follow you. Yeah, so I'm at bodypositive underscore mom. Yeah, and what I love about Brittany is she set up her message and purpose aligned with her why and then she's building a community around that which is very sustainable and I think a lot of times we feel when we're creating social media and a brand and a business 
uh, a lot of times we can feel exhausted and frustrated. And I think what is so special about Brittany's story is that because she's aligned what she represents so closely with her journey, it helps create a very authentic community. And that is something that you can enjoy and be consistent with because it's hard to be consistent if you don't feel aligned. Wonderful. So thank you for sharing that about creating content, um, sticking to pain points, which is definitely what I believe in, <laughs> and then experimenting because it's important to, to try different things and then note on what does best and you know, look at Instagram like a business because it is a part of your content marketing strategy for how you can get leads. So that's great. Can you talk to us about a little bit more about, you know, what you do with your message? So talk to us about how cognitive behavioral therapy plays a role with the work that you do in helping the moms that you impact. Yeah, definitely. So I think this is one of the more confusing parts of my brand because first of all, cognitive behavioral therapy is, is a mouthful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> these are some skills that I learned actually at the behavioral health hospital I work at now. And I've just seen like cognitive behavioral therapy just work wonders for people. And so really what it is, trying to keep it kind of short, <laughs> is that our thoughts and beliefs dictate our emotions, which then create our behavior. So some examples of this, like I'll give you a negative example. Um, I am too heavy, my body size is too big. That's what I believe about myself, that's what I'm thinking about myself. So then that creates an emotion, ashamed, something like that. And then that creates a behavior of, I'm gonna start this really, really restrictive diet, I'm gonna exercise all the time, or I'm just gonna like hide in my house and like never be seen. So that's a negative one, super sad, and I think a lot of women struggle with that one. And especially like after kids, because your body is just so different. I, I mean, especially for me, I feel like, my body changed a lot. Um, so I feel like those are such like times of need. Now let me give you a positive one. This is where I hope that like all the moms I work with go. Mm -hmm. So let's say the thought and belief is I learned a lot about health at every size and how BMI doesn't mean anything. And genetics determine body weight, size, and shape, not dieting and exercising and all this crap that diet culture stuff tells me. So right, those that's the thought. Then that leads you to a belief of either confidence or like accepting, sometimes people even feel like like a badass, you know, like, yeah, I don't need to listen to diet culture messages. <laughs> and then that will dictate the behavior of, I'm gonna go to the beach with my kids, wear a swimsuit, and I'm gonna all right. Or I'm gonna go to eat pizza with uh, my husband on date night, and no shame there, no worry, I'm not worried about gaining weight. But you gotta change the thoughts and beliefs first before you can get to all that awesomeness. And that's what I help moms do. I help them change those thoughts and beliefs. And not in like a not truthful way. And this is actually what's happening. And like diet culture is everywhere and you gotta be aware of it. Incredible. I, I'm, cognitive behavioral therapy is incredibly powerful. And I love how you're able to use that with your clients to help them achieve the outcome of food freedom, which you clearly articulate in your messaging on social media. So I, I love those examples. They're very relevant to what you do. And I think they're also very relatable for the dietitians listening. Yeah. And you know, that's like kind of the frame of cognitive behavioral therapy, mm -hmm. but then there's like cognitive behavioral therapy skills that I use of, um, we call food experiments and like body image experiments 
And these are like doing the thing that you're avoiding in order to make it easier to keep doing. Um, I hope I'm being clear about kind of what that is. Give an example for context. I know what you're talking about. I'm familiar and I can visualize it. But if you could give a little, like those examples you gave for CBT with the thoughts were were very relatable. Can you give an example about what you just mentioned? Something that people might be able to um, understand more? Yeah. So like in the clinical world, we would call this like a food exposure or a body image exposure. But because that the language is already so tough, I kind of changed it to an experiment. Okay. It is an experiment. So let's say that you're really worried about eating pizza because pizza is bad food. That's going to be a weight gainer. I can't have that. So you avoid pizza. And if you do eat pizza, you're going to feel really guilty and bad about yourself. So a food experiment would be, I'm going to encourage you, support you, all the things you need to eat that pizza. And let's see if what you're really worried about actually happens or not and there's some other skills I use to to see if it actually happened or not um, but the same thing is like a body image experiment so let's say that you like the swimsuit one I would never ever wear a swimsuit to the beach no way not ever not me people are going to be looking at me and judging me <laughs> so you would avoid that so I'm going to ask you to take some small steps towards wearing that swimsuit because the more you're able to do it and stop avoiding it the easier it becomes to it. Is that clear? Absolutely. Yeah, those examples are really great and helpful. And again, it's a very powerful tool. Now, are dietitians? I know you that you've got this training at your at your um, hospital that specializes in eating disorders, and it is a cognitive. It is a behavioral health hospital. So, for dietitians that don't have training. Is this a something that is taught that I'm not aware of in internship or in dietetics, or is it something that is easy for dietitians to learn through maybe courses and other resources if they don't have a job? I mean, you have a, a wonderful job in uh, eating disorders, but not every dietitian has that opportunity to learn. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I wish I knew more. Maybe this is like my next thing, Libby. Like maybe you're turning me on to like. I'm going to make a course to show dietitians how to use CBT, but honestly, I just work with some really, really smart psychologists who actually taught me all of these skills. And at first I was like, this, I don't know if this is going to work. Like we're going to make people do this stuff. And then like over the years, I was like, Oh no, this really works. This like truly helps people. Incredible. There's some course out there somewhere that I don't know about, but really for me, I just learned from the doctors there and then just turned it into my own course. I I love that. I love that you took the experience from professionals and you took experience from uh, professionals in related fields and you were able to apply it in a way that helps the audience that you serve. Um, that's incredible. And that's what a great way to, to take your clinical experience and have that support what you do in your private practice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm really familiar with it. I love doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right, so I want to ask about your social media content. What you post on Instagram is often featured by larger feeds, and your content is very clear. You're, do- you're really doing incredible work. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what keeps you motivated and focused and other tips that you have for listeners who might lack um, consistency or clarity with their messaging. Yeah, so for me... Um, what motivates me is like, first of all, just 
I truly mean this too, is like being able to help moms like not feel like crap about themselves anymore. I just feel like it's so sad when you look back and like you don't even have any pictures with your kids because you're so worried about what you look like in the pictures. So, so truly that is one of the reasons. Sure. Another that's also gonna sound kind of sappy maybe, it's like I just really wanna like show to my girls like you can do whatever you want. You put your mind to something, you can do it. And so a lot of times, especially like when I'm getting like, oh man, do I really want to like write that up? I'm like, you know what? I'm driven by by like showing my girls like what's out there in the world. You don't have to settle and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's not sappy yeah. at all. That's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, and then I just think, honestly, it's just my own motivation. Like, I'm just, like, crazy driven. Like, I, if I sit still, I, like, don't do well. And that, like, anxiety, depression stuff for me, like, seriously comes bubbling back up. When yeah. I have a challenge, and when I can stay focused on something, it helps me so much even just with my own mental health. So yeah. I think those are really the reasons that that I stay so focused. And, and it, that's a wonderful way to channel and to keep positive and, and try to, you know, keep yourself in a positive mental health state, right? Is keeping yeah. focused on giving back to your daughters and giving back to the higher purpose of women empowerment. And it sounds like women empowerment on a global level, considering what you've seen in Asia and your experience. Yeah, you know, I think if it was fake, like if I really was like, man, I'm just going to pound fake block and like say stuff about moms, it would fail like you just like wouldn't do well so like follow your passion like if, if something is driving you somewhere like follow that and, like I, it's just gonna lead to success I think I agree and I will also say that um it's it's easy to say that it is very hard for dietitians to be as open and authentic and real and their actual yeah. execution absolutely I do you have any tips for those listening who feel like they're shy or it's not easy for them and they have roadblocks and, you know, fear is, is prevalent at all levels. Fear is prevalent when you start, you're going to experience it in the middle of your journey. And it also, those up top still feel fear, right? We are all, you know, we're not immune to, to those limiting beliefs. So do you, you know, looking back on your younger version of yourself or before you got more clear, do you have any tips for dietitians listening who are just holding themselves back? Yeah. If you are not scared all the time, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. I'm terrified all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I remember the first time that you were like, you should post a video of yourself. I was like, oh my God, I would never. <laughs> and now I'm like taking my like, phone out anywhere and be like, hey guys, it's Brittany. So wait a minute, let's go back to that. How well is that going? Because I know that you're good on video and relatable. So is that creating community in a way that you would have expected, given that that might not be the first thing you'd think of doing? I think it has, absolutely. That's great. We just started doing it. Actually, you want to know what it was? It was cognitive behavioral therapy. And that the more I did it, the easier it was for me to do it. At That's first, great. it was like, oh, cringe worthy. And now, like I said, I can just pull my phone out at any and and for those listening, I'm Brittany means video on stories. So sometimes I feel like Brittany and I are like all into Instagram lingo. Just to make for those of you listening, Brittany is talking about pulling out her phone and um, taking a video in real time of herself talking to build the know, like, and trust and an extension of community building from her posts. And I support that, believe in it, encourage my clients to do that. And it doesn't mean it's easy. 
Um, and when it comes from a place of authenticity and it doesn't always have to be extremely regimented, right? But if you're just relating with your audience the way Brittany does, it can be really powerful. Yeah, you know, I think it kind of goes back to too, like moms kind of like to see oh, that yeah. factor. Like if you have makeup on and you're all ready for the video, I feel like it takes that realness factor like out of Absolutely. And I also think that lends to you knowing who your ideal client is and being really familiar with her pain points and where she's at in her journey and what she wants and what makes her feel aligned and closer to feeling empowered and confident. And that is a real mom just like her. All right. Talk to us about niching down. I know we talked about your why, which is your purpose and your story. And if you could talk a little bit about the process of niching down and how it has affected you and your business. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we started working together and you were kind of like, yeah, well, what do you think your niche is? And I was like, I don't know, I think it's like eating disorders. And then as soon as I started talking about being a mom, you were like, yeah, you should do that. And you want to know what? I remember how surprised you were that I was just like, yeah, moms, that sounds good, let's do it. And you're like, oh, you're like taking this really well. Sometimes people are like, oh, but I want to target everybody, not just moms. For me, like, I don't know, I jumped on that. And it has worked out so well because, like you said, I feel like I can relate so much with moms and, like, I feel so much empathy for moms that they actually came pretty naturally to me. That's great. That's really great. And, uh... So it's, it's wonderful how quickly aligned. So what you're saying is that the niching down process was a matter of having some conversations and reflections and then you were like, got it done, moving on. Yeah, for me it was pretty simple. I didn't, I didn't hesitate too much. And, okay. Uh, I know for other people it can, be, it can be hard. Oh yeah, it can definitely be hard. And again, I, uh, it's, you know, everybody has their own stories, reflections, experiences. Uh, I have listeners who are still in school. I have listeners who are brand new dietitians. And I also have listeners who have been practicing for 10, 20 years, retired. And I believe no matter where you are in your journey, there's an opportunity. You're never too old or too young to pull from your current experiences and find how you can position yourself in the market. I don't think there's, you know, even though I have a feeling that you're going to listen, those of you listening, and you're going to say, well, Brittany has this amazing story. Of course, it's easy for her to niche down. And I'm going to argue with that and say that no one's story is too big or too small. It is your personal story, and it is what motivates and inspires you. And if you can draw towards that story and find a way to reflect that in who you help and how you market yourself, that's what's going to keep you aligned. Um, So just something to think about but it's incredible hearing how like niching down was just so fast for you because you're right uh most people that is not the not the story it's quite the back and forth and the the crying and the tears and all that kind of stuff I mean it's it's hard you know it's hard to make decisions it's not easy um but it's I I, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit I'm not gonna lie I mean there were some times of anxiety where I was sure like everyone though right and then I would like kind of come back and be like no no Right. Yeah, I mean, that's all normal, right? I mean, that's normal. But th- there are some people who will take months and months. There are some people who will do it quickly. And then, yeah, there's all kinds of different variations of that journey. Um, but the, the end point, being able to be clear with aligning your niche and your messaging is what's important. What can we expect to see from you in the future? I know you have private practice. You have a digital product. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. What's next in your private practice and on your journey? Yeah, you know, I'm going to give you a vague answer. Uh, Well, I don't know if it's vague. I honestly am just one where I'm going to, like, wherever the universe takes me, like, whatever signs I'm getting, uh, wherever my passion sort of drives me, like, that's where I'm going to go next. 
So it's like, obviously I want to keep growing and helping moms. And I just came out with that new online program. That's so great. It's like I have a vision there, but as far as like exactly what I'm going to do, um, that's where I'm just going to kind of let the universe decide as, as hippie as that sounds. That's but, great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, so I'll tell you quickly just about my online course too. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so um, my website is bodypositivemom.com, and then I just created a course for moms at, that they can take at their own pace. So you know, no rush to get it through. You can uh, you can do it when your kids are napping, whenever you want. You're gonna get a workbook that goes along with online modules that you can listen to over and over again. And then you get an invite to the Body Positive Mom Facebook group where you can like ask questions, get support, get ideas, or you can just watch the comments for whatever is your style. So that is uh, now officially available. Wonderful, excellent. Thank you for uh, providing information about your resources and thank you so much for, for being a guest. Um, any any other final thoughts, Brittany? Um, I don't think so. I'm just I'm again just still totally thrilled to be on. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Really powerful storytelling today and reflections. I really am happy to have you on. Thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd love to learn more about how to get leads online and turn prospective customers into clients, apply for my coaching. I still have a wait list. Go ahead and visit LibbyRothschild.com. That's www.LibbyRothschild.com. Go under signature service and apply for my wait list.